life is a series of experiences and our job is really to just open ourselves up to how we are here to navigate through those experiences and most importantly how we use these experiences to improve ourselves and the lives of the people around us that's what life is about to me the first and best victory is to conquer self Welcome to the Conqueror Approach, a journey of self-mastery. To cultivate our mind, body, spirit, financial literacy, and allow our light to shine upon the world. Brought to you by me, your host, U.S. Navy submarine veteran and entrepreneur, Musa Mikkel. Let's conquer. Welcome back to The Conqueror Approach. Today I have a very, very great friend, Christine L. Bowen, also known as CLB. She is a free-spirited, conscious creative who is extremely passionate about living life at its creative best and inspiring others to enjoy the same. CLB has over 30 years of combined experience in areas of visual communication, professional networking, and mass media. In 2007, she walked away from corporate America to resume her life as a creative entrepreneur and also branched into areas of professional networking and media broadcasting. She has been recognized by Mashable, LinkedIn, Clout, and Cred as the top 0.1% global social influencer in her areas of expertise and her web TV show, CLB Live, with live viewers in over 135 countries. CLB is currently residing in Washington, D.C. and is pursuing her Ph.D. in metaphysics and specializing in conscious-centered living. CLB is also the co-founder of the Firestarter Book Project, which I have been a great honor to be a co-author with. And you can connect with her at imclb.online. Thank you, CLB, for joining me. Musa, I am so honored to be here. Thank you for having me on your podcast. I am a fan of both your podcast and you. I appreciate pleasure that. Pleasure to be here. Absolutely. My pleasure to have you. And it was like, even the first time we spoke, I feel like there was just instant connection and alignment with everything. And it, it kind of just came out the blue for me with the opportunity to collaborate with you on the Firestarters book project. And I felt like, God was give, sent you to me for a reason. And I had to just connect and, and, and surrender fully to the project and stay connected with you because that's the type of people I wanted in my life. So I appreciate you. And I, I, I take our friendship as a sign that I just need to continue to show myself an authentic way to, to be around people like you. So it, it's such a privilege to have you with me. My goodness, the feeling is so mutual. It was an instant connection, I agree. And uh, it's just an honor to be co-authors with you and again, to be a guest here with you today. Thank you. And, and for people who may not know, you had a pretty, pretty intense journey. Uh, and, and I kind of want to go in that a little bit just because as an entrepreneur, a lot of people want to become entrepreneurs but are maybe too fearful because of the uncertainty and becoming an entrepreneur, the challenges and the, the risks and the lack of security potentially. Um, and, and you came from Jamaica and to America and into entrepreneurship. So not only were you born in another country, but you, you've had some change happen. And I think that's a big aspect when it comes to entrepreneurship. There's a lot of change when 
people jump into entrepreneurship. It's a different lifestyle. It's a different way of thinking and being. So tell us a little bit about your journey from Jamaica into entrepreneurship here in America now. Wow. Um, do we have more than an hour, Musa? <laughs> it's a long story. Uh, however, uh, to put it in a nutshell, I actually was born in New York um, to Jamaican parents. And when, at a very tender age, when my parents split, my mother went back home and took my brother and myself with her. So I've had the, um, it's a privilege really to grow up in two places, to be a, brought up in Jamaica. I went to school in Jamaica and I also visited my father every year for the summer. So I had a dual type of upbringing, um, which is why you'll hear my accent go back and forth. <laughs> and uh, my mom has always been an entrepreneur. She started at a very tender age when she was about 10 or 11 as a designer. And her first professional gig, I believe was at the age of 12 for a wedding party. She designed the bridal gown as well as all of the bridal party um, outfits. And so she, I get my spirit from her because as I was growing up in Jamaica and watching her as a single mom, um, she, she was always on the grind. She even started her own brick and mortar business at one point. And so at about the age of 16, she looked at me and said, well, you're growing up and it's time for you to think about how you can start taking care of yourself. And so I surely did not want to work a job. So I decided to pursue my passion for art. Now, the funny thing is when I was in school, I was studying the sciences, my mom and my dad, they wanted me to be a doctor, a dentist or a lawyer. And of course they did because they figured that those types of careers would mean that I would have financial security and perhaps longevity in my career. However, I had no desire <laughs> to practice that, those things. Um, so I always loved design and I never really knew that it could be a career for myself until a very, very good friend of mine, they were like family who lived across the street, um, one of my friends who was part of that family, she was in art school, art college in Jamaica and doing graphic design. And I thought, oh, you can actually study that? And she said, of course. I was like, oh, I can do that. And so I just started to build a portfolio. Long story short, I was able to compete professionally at the age of 17 against 11 other graphic designers for a textile um, design competition. And I won. I won the competition at 17 years old, no former experience, no real portfolio. But once that happened, I knew that I was able to do it. And once I won that contract, my parents then agreed that yes, this is your calling. And so I started as an entrepreneur at the age of 17. It was my last year in high school. I had um, small businesses small business owners were my primary clients. And uh, even Bank of Jamaica was one of my clients. I've had a lot of experience just in the short span of time. It was about four years that I practiced in Jamaica and then I moved to the States. And similar to most people who migrate from other countries, you know, this is called the land of opportunity. And so I just wanted to see, you know, how far can I go? How 
wide can I reach? Just what's here for me in the United States? And so I started on a career track and I worked for minimum wage. My first job was at McDonald's, <laughs> which I quit in a week. And uh, <laughs> I, I stayed in the track of art um, after going to college. I skipped that part. I did go to college in Jamaica, the same school that I mentioned, the Edna Manley College for Visual and Performing Arts. Have to mention that college. And uh, I went from minimum wage to a six-figure income within a 15-year span. I ended up as a government contractor here in the DC area. Uh, and even though I was making a great income, I kept getting laid off over those 15 years and it was very frustrating. And even though I was um, secure in terms of my finances, I was not feeling fulfilled. And so I decided, as you said in my intro in 2007, I decided to resume my career as an entrepreneur. So to answer your question, it, it, entrepreneurship to me is freedom. It's freedom to express ourselves. It's freedom to express ourselves creatively. It's how we can impact the world. And to me, the pros outweigh the cons when it comes to entrepreneurship. Absolutely. I, I agree with that. And uh, in that journey of, of transitioning in 2007, what were some of the, the biggest fears that you were navigating through to begin yeah. that track of entrepreneurship again? Well, I decided to take a leap of faith into a, an area that I had zero experience in. I said to myself, I would never be involved in that type of business. However, I took a leap of faith in 2007 before I left my full-time job at the time uh, in the area of professional networking. Most people know it as network marketing. I started a, my own business within that industry with a company at the time that was a reseller of um, telecommunications products like cell phones, video phones was the main thing. And so I got excited about it, decided to get started. And um, within the first month, I was one of the top producers in the company. Um, and I found my passion with professional networking. And so after about eight months into that business, that's when I decided to walk away from the job. The concerns that I had initially, of course, were on a financial. Um, a lot of my peers were like, make sure that you're secure, make sure that you have X amount of dollars so that you can take care of yourself, you know, because business has ups and downs. And so I did, I had my reserves and I ran that business for nine months. And during that time, I resumed my career as a creative entrepreneur, doing what I was doing in Jamaica, supporting my fellow entrepreneurs with their presence. How was your, your being like, how, how did your feelings change when you started getting into the entrepreneurship? Uh, once you passed those months of figuring it out, you got the money handled and, and now you're doing the work that you enjoy doing. How, how is that? How is CLB different before that and after that? Great question. The biggest component for me, especially within my network marketing business was the personal development. Uh, so the answer, the short answer to your question is mindset. The difference is mindset. Prior to entering that industry, 
I've always been tenacious. I've always been a go-getter. However, my worldview shifted dramatically before entrepreneurship and when I went, re, excuse me, re-entered the ranks of entrepreneurship. Um, the personal development for me was life-altering. I started to realize things about myself, um, understand who I am more, um, understand that our mindset affects everything, every single thing in our lives um, is based on how we think and how we process what we're seeing around us. And actually what we're seeing around us is processed actually by what we think. That's a whole new conversation. Um, so the biggest and the biggest difference for me before and after is mindset, my mindset and understanding who I am. That's huge. That's huge. And I feel like since you have so much experience now in the entrepreneurship field and, and you've just been doing it for a while, what advice would you give someone who wants to get started, but just can't figure out how to get started? Wants to get started as an entrepreneur? Yeah. That feeling will never go away. So like Nike says, you just do it and start small, be smart and take incremental steps. Baby steps to me outweigh and outlast trying to make big moves in a short amount of time because then we'll either get burnt out, um, we'll lose money, perhaps lose our mind <laughs> trying to do things that are bigger than life. Because when we, to me, when we have that feeling to become an entrepreneur and enter those ranks, we're fulfilling a desire that has been implanted within us. And that vision can tend to be really huge. They say, if your dream isn't, doesn't scare you, it's not big enough. And so entrepreneurship is a leap of faith. It's a scary feeling. However, it's a, that scariness or that feeling is actually butterflies. It's not negative. It's actually positive. And like I said, that feeling never goes away. Every single day that I wake up, I've been an entrepreneur, like I said, since 17 years old. Every morning I wake up, that butterfly feeling is there. However, there's a trust involved. There's a trust that there's a bigger force that's guiding us through that process of taking the leap. So you got to just take the leap. Put the big toe over the fear line. And once you do that, you realize that it's not so scary after all. And the right people start to show up and the right resources start to show up. So it's really just making the decision and taking that one step. Martin Luther King, rest his soul. One of my favorite quotes is faith is taking the first step, even if you can't see the entire staircase. Hmm. That was just beautifully said. I love that quote as well. And it is just perfect, perfectly put because we want to think of like the big, picture the big dream the big goal and it might be too big at that point that moment yeah. if you're just getting started you might not be the person yet to handle all of that right. so what can you handle that big toe right over the, <laughs> <laughs> over the fear line right that first step you can handle the first step you're not yeah. going to handle the entire project at, at one shot and that's what it is it's a constant Thing. What I've noticed in, in my ventures, it's constantly taking that first step. <laughs> just what's the next first step? And it's just constantly going 
slowly expanding and learning and learning. And then over the course of years, you start becoming and, and gaining the skills necessary to handle the bigger projects and the bigger things yeah. like, right? Like even when I think of someone like Jeff Bezos, he started in his garage, right? right? The first step was get a computer, <laughs> whatever the case mm -hmm. was, you know? Uh, so, you know, what, what is the first step? I think that was just beautifully said. Uh, and, you know, something that I admire you for and, and Shay Sparks for putting on this stuff, because what, what I, what I look at in any big shift and change, like becoming an entrepreneur or just withstanding entrepreneurship the first year is usually the toughest and it's just like it, it's a it's a constant battle of needing to shift and change and resilience and the most resilient business owners survive mm -hmm. and that i think is kind of something that i saw in the firestarters book project even though it, it, it could be something different for everyone being a spark of hope in the midst of change but I think for, uh, since we're on the topic of entrepreneurship, someone who has that mindset of finding the hope, finding the malleability in everything that they can change and improve and, and show that resiliency during troubling times, like we saw mm -hmm. and continue to see, right? Some businesses are still dealing with you know, the pandemic issues and, and it's mm -hmm. a, it's a big ordeal. You're in DC, so you're probably closer to the fire than <laughs> I, I yeah. probably, I don't pay attention enough to be honest, but <laughs> I know a lot of people are being affected. A lot right. of chaos going on. Right. And, and, and chaos in the mind, right? Like we said, mindset's so big. And, and that's kind of that, something I wanted to talk to you about as well is navigating the chaos. How do we get uh, how do we navigate the chaos to get that change that we might perceive as negative right now and, and shift that into something positive? Beautifully said and posed. I love the question because that's my, that was my, is my next thought. Taking the first step. Yes. Sounds simple. And it is simple to, to um, apply. However, there, especially in the time that we're living in now, there are a lot of things that we need to go inward to discover about ourselves. And the first piece of advice I always have when it comes to chaos is being the calm in the midst of the storm. And it sounds like it's, it may be easier said than done, but it actually is just as simple as centering ourselves, committing to centering ourselves on a daily and in these times, to be honest, multiple times a day. So my advice is always meditation. And meditation um, is something that I've been practicing. Wow. Now I have to think since 2010, how, however long that's, that has been. Um, and it can be simple as breathing. It's not as difficult as, as our minds may tell us. Oh, I can't sit down. I can't clear my head. I can't, I can't, I can't. Forget about all of that and just sit down and set a timer, if you will, for 60 seconds, better yet, 68 seconds, a minute, five minutes, however you want to start. Remember, we're taking baby steps. And during that time, the only thing you have to focus on is taking deep, 
long breaths and counting those breaths. And through that process, you calm your nervous system and you become more clear on your position in this world, how to execute what you're supposed to execute on a daily basis, and even long-term, if that is what you're inspired with during those breathing sessions. I love it. I love it. And something we can notice is when we are in a chaotic state mentally, and I am a lot of times, I was just, I was Mm -hmm. this morning, right? (laughs) Mm -hmm. You know, it's being aware because our body, like you said, that nervous system starts to react Mm -hmm. and changes happen. Heart rate, uncomfortable, tightness, heat, whatever the case is, there's sensations that we can notice that are kind of like, alarms if we if we look at it that way like hey relax breathe like you're not in danger you know (laughs) whatever the case is even though our body is responding that way uh and that's exactly something that i'm practicing still every single day is taking those deep breaths to calm the nervous system to Mm -hmm. recenter because i noticed when i'm in that place i get a lot done i'm actually creative i i'm not able to think of anything when i'm reacting or if I'm just in my head. Uh, my friend Jesse May calls it the head trip, right? Mm. When we're in the head trip uh, <laughs> yeah. versus the heart. And yeah. you can't tap into that if you're freaking out in the chaos, in a chaotic right. reaction. So thank, I, I think you just said that beautifully. And uh, that leads me to the fire starters, right? Because that mm. that's such a beautiful... I guess a beautiful way to jump into it because this is to spark hope. And sometimes in those chaotic moments, it may seem like there's no hope and you know, that there, there might not be able to see past the issues and the problems that are surrounding them because their eyes are focused on that. And, and, and sometimes it is hard. It's hard to see, what when's it going to change or what what's going to happen in the future or whatever and and we get stuck anxiously thinking about the future and i guess my question would be for you how do you show up as that leader and become a spark of change or spark of hope rather mm-hmm. in the midst of chaos Great question. Um, Similar to yourself, uh, mindset, maintaining a creative mindset is a daily process. It, It never ends. It's exercise. It's like exercising physically every day. We must exercise our minds every day. And so the, the B part to my previous share about the breathing, we spoke about the scientific benefits of deep breathing which can translate to meditation. Um, At the same time, there are spiritual benefits to the deep breathing. I'm going to continue to say deep breathing so we don't go into the stigma of what people think meditation is. Because deep breathing to me is synonymous with meditation. And what that does when we become still is it keeps us present because you mentioned when we get anxious we're thinking about the future and when we're feeling depressed we're thinking about the past when we are in the present 
it, there is a calm that washes over us. And there's a wisdom that is present that allows us to see things through a different lens. So the chaos no longer looks like chaos. It's like, oh, okay, this is what's happening. And this is my role. So even if we may not be able to change what we're seeing, we can change how we're looking at it through this meditative process because the higher intelligence, infinite intelligence, God, whatever phrase we want to call this source that is beyond us is what takes over. I call it creative flow. I think we touched on this a little bit before. When we're in that present space, there's an energy that flows through us and operates through us that provides us with the calm, the courage, the confidence, the clarity to handle the chaos and know why the chaos is happening too. Sometimes we get those answers. And so one of my favorite quotes that comes to mind now is Wayne, Dr. Wayne Dyer, another favorite of mine. And he says, when we change the way we look at things, the things we look at begin to change. And that is divine power that allows that. So beautiful. So beautiful. And, and that, that just shows to me that, you know, when, when I'm facing issues, I try to remind myself that I don't have to face it solely by myself. And I, I think that's what happens mm -hmm. with a lot of people. Their problems become so big. And it might seem bigger than yeah. what they can do. But however, there is something greater than you or uh, greater mm -hmm. than me, right? Like, that's the way mm -hmm. I look at it. There's, you know, what is greater than me, you know, start giving, you know, I, I, I say God, God, give God some yeah. of that. You know, I don't have to deal yeah. with it. Let go, let God, right? So yeah. how, how does someone develop that faith so they can take take some of the stuff that's pressuring them off their plate and surrender that. Yes, that's exactly the word that came to mind too. It's a surrendering process that takes place. It's like, you know, remove this burden from me is kind of the prayer that goes out when we're meditating in, in the context of chaos. Um, can you repeat the question, please? I lost my, my thought. <laughs> well, how do we start to gain faith to surrender in the in the yes. midst of the chaos Ooh, it's a muscle faith is something we must exercise so let's look at it from the physical first and contrast it if we are if we want to become fit get toned have muscle tone whatever the, the goal is physically it takes time and it takes commitment and it takes uh, application. So each day, we're not going to say we want this today to be this way. And then tomorrow, wake up and all of a sudden, you know, we're a 10 like Bo Derek. I may be dating myself there. <laughs> um, it takes consistent practice. So similar with physical um, fitness, our spiritual fitness takes regular practice. So if we feel there are faith, maybe faltering or maybe small there are a couple of reminders that i um receive when i'm in that mode when i feel like my faith is faltering um is number one all we really need because remember we're going beyond the physical there's a spiritual force that takes over once we make that decision so all we really need is faith 
that is like the size of a mustard seed, as the Bible says. And it's so true because once we apply that, the supernatural takes over and, and amplifies the faith and strengthens the faith and provides, um, like I said, answers, the courage, the clarity. Once we start receiving that, that's what builds the muscle, the faith muscle, because we start to believe more, not only in what uh, we're receiving and what we're hearing, we're also starting to believe in ourselves. And once we start to believe in ourselves, that faith is, it, it can take you anywhere. It can allow you to handle anything. So beautiful. And I also look at the most difficult times as just opportunities. It is hard because I would, you know, it's easier to be pissed off <laughs> about whatever the <laughs> yes, circumstances for me, at least be angry. Um, yeah. And it's that conscious shift that what's the opportunity here? Cause then that question starts to reframe things. What is mm -hmm. God? What is life teaching me here? And I believe every difficulty is necessary for us to evolve into who we need to be to accomplish whatever we were set out to accomplish in our lifetime. And I think it's through that adversity, through the challenges, through the chaos, through the pandemics <laughs> that we evolve into the person that's able to take on the challenges of the future. How do you see it? I completely agree. We are being refined. Everything we're experiencing in this journey called life, um, they are happening to refine us and groom us for what, whatever we're here for, whatever our purpose is. And so it's kind of, um, it's not a destination. It's an experience, right? It's a daily experience of feeling, okay, this is why I'm here today. Oops. Sorry about that. <laughs> um, gosh, I lost my train of thought, Musa. It's okay. It's an experience. Yes. Where you left off. So our faith walk is an experience, not a destination. And you mentioned um, the pandemic. And if I may, I'd like to share my personal experience of dealing with that. Up until the pandemic, um, I had been practicing, like I said, since 2010, meditation, developing myself spiritually and so forth. And when the pandemic came upon us on March of 2020, um, I was very angry. I was angry with God. <laughs> First and foremost, I was angry, just angry. I was angry with um government angry with just how things were being handled it just so many emotions were bubbling up for me and i started to panic my spiritual practices were not working for me the ones that i had been practicing up to that point and i could have easily just tossed it up and said and i almost did let me just run home to family my family is not local and i was feeling very alone and very scared and so I decided to just let go, breathe, and open myself up to receive the answer of why am I here in the middle of a global pandemic that I have never experienced before in my life, most of us, 
of this kind of magnitude. What is the reason? All this preparation I've taken, this was my prayer to get here to this point in my life. And now I feel like I'm at a precipice. And what was revealed to me is that I was meant to be alone. I am meant to be alone during this time. It's a period of refinement. It's a period of understanding how to shift my message to impact the hearts of the people that really need it, like through Firestarters, the Firestarters um, project that came up through, that came about during the pandemic. And it put me into an arena that I never thought or even considered, which is publishing. Um, and it connected me with people like yourself, Musa, just wonderful divine connections, which is the third part of my answer to how do we um, face this chaos is through divine connections. And we can talk about that. But to answer your question, yes, life is a series of experiences. And our job is really to just open ourselves up to how we are here to navigate through those experiences. And most importantly, how we use these experiences to improve ourselves and the lives of the people around us. That's what life is about to me. Man, and it's it's always it's always changing. And I, I love what you mentioned about the the refinement. It's such a beautiful way to look at it, um, different way to reframe it, because you know, in the pandemic or any issue that may seem big, because I, I kind of resonate with you that that period of for was for refinement for you during the pandemic of being alone and reflecting and doing those things. Cause I felt that way uh when I was you know, on deployment on a submarine at one point, the first one, I was like, mm. how the heck did I get here? Like, what am I doing here <laughs> underwater? <laughs> you know, why am I wow. here? Right. And that, and then it just started to reflect. It was the only time in my life where I actually reflected on my life, like truly mm. deeply. And since then it was, it's been a practice of me to evaluate. Um, but that's when I really started to do it. And for some people, they've been so busy their whole lives, they've never had an opportunity to sit and reflect. So if we, if we looked at the whole thing as an opportunity, like what an opportunity to really reflect and evaluate where, where am I at? Where do I want to yeah. go? What's working? What's not working? What am I experiencing? What am I failing at? What am I succeeding at? And, and really evaluate everything. Cause that, that's really what I feel. Uh, a big pandemic like that can can cause. For me, it was being on, in the military, cut off from everyone uh, on a submarine. That gave me the opportunity. Like not many people have that opportunity, but that's why I had to reframe it constantly. Like this is an opportunity to grow, to develop my mind, to develop myself while I'm separated from the world. So mm -hmm. I, I think it's such a such a powerful way when we adopt the refinement paradigm or lens mm. on our issues because once we look at it that way it's not overwhelming it's it's curious it's, it becomes curious like curiosity and, mm -hmm. and you start inquiring what can i learn in this moment what can i learn from this like why am i sad right now what is what is life yeah. trying to teach me in the moment, I, I think that's what helped me uh, extremely uh, uh, more than I could really describe is just 
changing it into questions and and just even if i don't know why like what 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 is this teaching me right now that's where the faith comes in i don't need to know what it's teaching me right now because eventually you know it's gonna reveal itself in a way like the pandemic for me allowed me to connect with you and amazing people i actually birthed this podcast (laughs) so you know in the midst of the difficulties beautiful things can be created if that's our intention so yes i i just i just appreciate you for that and as as we wrap this up i want to give you an opportunity to uh, tell us a little bit about uh the future for you and where people can reach you at to best connect with you and or continue this conversation with you Oh my goodness. I'm having such a good time. I didn't realize the time had gone by. <laughs> I like it here, Musa. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. Me too, CLB. Yeah. Um, thank you for asking. So we can continue the conversation. You can connect with me at imclb.online. I'm also on uh, social media, same handle, imclb.online. I'm typically on Instagram. I will say that my practice over the last two or three years has been limited social media use. That's another conversation. I probably need to come back or perhaps you can come onto my show and we can continue our conversation that way. But the best way to get in touch with me is through imclb.online. Beautiful. I appreciate you so much, CLB. And I mentioned to, to everyone who's on my show, I believe the greatest gift we can give is our authentic self and our time. And you've done that here with me and and the viewers and listeners. So I must thank you and I appreciate you for being on the Conqueror Approach. Oh, thank you so much. May I share a last thought? Yes, absolutely. It's one of my favorite quotes. If you notice, I, I have a lot of mentors that I've been studying over the years. And it's actually, which one do I share? I'm gonna share this one since this is the theme of our conversation. It's Deepak Chopra. And he says, all great changes are preceded by chaos. And so looking at chaos through those lenses allows us to see that that is how nature actually works. I'm a huge student of nature. And so when we think of refinement, think of a diamond, um, think of what pressure, think of glass blowing, think of beautiful things that are produced undergoing some rigorous processes. And so looking at life through that lens is what allows me to trust, believe, and build my faith to carry on. So that's what I'd like to impart with your listeners today. Beautiful. And thank you so much for having me. Thank you. And I'm just going to leave it at that because I'm I'm not going to say anything better. That is all for this episode. Thank you for tuning in. If you found any value in this episode, someone you know will also. Please share, subscribe, leave a rating and review so we can reach more people, have a farther ripple and a larger impact. Stay grateful. I appreciate you. And remember, you are a conqueror.